Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about kids and bullying. According to Stop Bullying Now Foundation, bullying is unwanted aggressive behavior among school-aged children. Bullying can be harmful and lead to devastating effects that can last a lifetime. Research shows that in schools where there are anti-bullying programs, bullying is reduced by 50%. Joining us today is Latasha Mason, an author of her anti-bullying children's book, Zena the Brave where she tells the story of a little African-American girl being brave as she faced bullying at school. Latasha will give her perspective on what we can do to protect our kids and our community. If you feel that your child is being bullied and you need help, please call the Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. And with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe, how are you? I am fine. Good. And you? I'm doing good. I know. We are having, you know, we, we were talking all this good weather and this it and that. It looks like Gotham City outside. <laughs> I expect Batman to be flying through here in a few minutes. All dark and dreary. I know. Batman. But we got sunshine here. I know. We in do. the big seat, in the we hot do. seat. Because we we're here. That's right. And we're going to have a great show today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so today we talk about kids and bullying. What should we do? But first, what is bullying? Well, according to Stop Bullying Now Foundation, bullying is unwanted aggressive behavior among school age children that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. Now, sometimes it involves direct attacks like people, I guess, fighting, hitting each other, Mm -hmm. name calling, teasing, taunting. Then you can have the indirect, which is spreading rumors or trying to make others reject someone. And then we have the cyberbullying, and that's when kids use the social media to spread rumors and hurt each other. And as adults, you know, we often sometimes dismiss bullying among kids and say that it's just a part of growing up. However, bullying can be very harmful and it can lead 
kids and adolescents to feel tense and afraid. It may lead them to avoid school. In severe cases, teens are bullied and they may feel that they need to take drastic measures or react violently. And so we, we've heard of situations where people come with guns and knives and, and all that, and they're protecting themselves, so to speak, from being bullied. Others even, and it's sad to say, they even consider suicide, and some have been successful and have committed That's suicide. That's And like we were saying, little kids. Little kids. <laughs> little kids. Mm-hmm. For some, though, the effects of bullying can last a lifetime. And so we have joining us today, Latasha K. Mason, an advocate against bullying and an author of her book, her children's book, Zaina the Brave. She will not only talk about her book, which is focused on a little African-American girl being brave and facing bullying at school, but she will also give her perspective as to what we can do as parents to protect our kids and fight against bullying. And so, D, this will be a great show, right? It will be a great show. It just, it, you know, I was the subject of bullying it and thinking about that, it, you know, back in the day, you kind of, you know, you just kind of took it. I was an overweight child and, you know, uh-huh. we were talking about how kids were cruel and kids will pick up on any abnormality, you know, like if your teeth are big or right, right, wrong with your hair or whatever. I was, I was skinny mini. Okay. Bony skinny mini. And then you know how Popeye's. You know, the, the little, what was the, the girl? Olive oil. That was my name. <laughs> oh, see, I got the, just the opposite. I was like this overweight kid, fat kid, whatever. And, you know, back in those days, I mean, I, my parents didn't know how to deal with that. I don't even know if I told them about it. And mm-hmm. I, I, you didn't consider it bullying. I don't know what you consider. You know, your feelings were hurt and those yeah. kinds of things. And it's going to be interesting to hear how she talks about it today because now everybody's aware of it. Mm-hmm. It's become a much more public health big time issue a crisis and, so, and crisis and social media issue so yeah this is a good timely topic yeah and i think because it's more prominent now because of social media the cyber bullying <clears throat> and you know a lot of these i don't want to say a lot but i think if i recall correctly several of these the, the kids that have gone in and killed kids mm-hmm. have been the subject of bullying. Yes. I stand to be corrected, but I think several of them have had bullying situations where they, you know, went in and then they killed all these kids in high school or junior high. Right. Like so it's a big problem. It is a big problem. And and we'll talk about that, some of the stats for that, uh-huh. that really says that. Yeah. When the police and the detectives go back and, and see, yeah, a lot of those folks have been bullied. Yeah. Yeah. And so they take it out on, you know, their own Anybody, hands. right, exactly. And then everybody gets punished, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely a problem. And I'm so glad that we are going to be talking yeah, about it me too. today. And we're going to be meeting mm-hmm. Latasha Mason. Great. So make sure, folks, make sure you subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness. Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and any of the platforms that you listen to, to your favorite podcast. Now, when you subscribe, you will be notified when we post a new show and you will be the first to know. We also want to remind you to not to only subscribe to our show, but take the time to give us a good review because we, this show is an inspiring and a wonderful show. We love this show, right, Dee? Yes. And we have awesome guests 
that are doing amazing things in our community and in their lives. And they are coming on this show and sharing knowledge and inspiration. And so we're finishing out this year with a bang. So stay in the loop, friends. Stay in the loop, folks. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to this show. And we appreciate you. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, you know, I got a chance. This is about a week or yeah, two ago. It's go? been a minute. We got a chance to go to, remember I went to D.C. with Nate. Oh, that's right. I yeah. went to the, the Chocolate that's City. Right. Well, it's not, it's not no longer Chocolate City now. It's gentrification. Now. <laughs> gentrification, yes. No. It's uh, ever back little to W.C. Of... now. Yeah. No. I remember when it was C.C. Yeah, but it's a, a little no. Witcher here, yeah, there, whatever. Yeah. Now, but hey, it's doing its thing. And yeah, they do have a lot of stuff going on downtown in D.C. And that's cool. That is cool. Did you go to any nice restaurants? Yes, we did. Yes. We went to Ocean Air Seafood and their food was really good. Oh, good. And then Occidental. Uh Uh-huh. With the Occidental, I think that's what it was called. Uh, you can see all the president's pictures on the walls oh, wow. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I in love DC. DC. But I went to the African American History Museum. Yeah. That was, I went back because uh-huh. every time I go to DC, I try to go back. Yeah. Because, you know, that museum have you is been so upstairs? much. Have you been yes. to, I have never been up there. It's so much go going yeah. on yeah. that you can't get through no, it. No, you can't. All in the no, day. It's just too much. It's too much. Have you eaten in the cafe I yet? did How eat was it? in the cafe. It was very good. Was it? And it has a lot of selection, you know, some of the southern food. But then they had uh, healthy stuff, too. Oh, good. They had healthy stuff, now, too. Now, is the woman, the, the chef, the one that's on that television show with the funny-looking glasses, the chef? I didn't see her being featured as the chef oh, now. Oh, you know so. what I'm talking about. Yes. She's got those weird-looking yes. glasses. Uh-huh. Not this time. Okay. But it was usually it's a line. What yeah. I did was I went during the week uh-huh. and I just walked right in. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Good. But yeah, it's very interesting. I, I love doing that. When you look at the history. Yeah. And all of that. So much has gone on. So much. This is one thing I really realized, too. You know, usually when we would go to D.C., it'll be hustling and bustling and a lot uh-huh. of people on the street and stuff. Mm-mm. It uh-huh. was kind of quiet town. Oh wow! Mm. Did everybody get out of town because of mm-hmm. some issues, or <laughs> everybody leaving, or what? I don't know. Something's going on, huh? Something's going on. That's interesting. Something's going on because I was trying to figure out. Okay, yeah. So what's different? I noticed that, but okay. what's different? Yeah. And this is during the week. Yeah. You know, everybody downtown DC during the sure. week because that's stuff. Right. Nope. Interesting. Wonder what's going on. Hmm. Could be global warming. <laughs> <laughs> well, something getting hot up something in there. Getting hot <laughs> up in there. Okay. All right, then. All right. right. <laughs> well, you know, well, I guess that wouldn't account for work. I was going to say it's become so enormously expensive to live in D.C. Yeah. So a lot of people could've... have had to move out the district and move into the suburbs and stuff like that because you just can't. Even those row houses that mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, you talk about C.C., that was the Chocolate City area. A lot of mm-hmm. the row houses in the southeast mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. and Anacostia and all those areas. But now mm-hmm. that's like prime property. That's that prime southeast property. area up there is near the capital. So you mm-hmm. got a lot of these yuppies and mm-hmm. buppies or 
whatever coming in and moving in and the prices have been jacked up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people that move there, like say black people who came from the South, a lot of North Carolinians and South Carolinians that have come there and Mm -hmm. bought those row houses and stuff like that. You know, they've been bought out or if Mm -hmm. they rent, the rent's been jacked up. So it's gentrification. Yeah, it's something. It's something going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, a lot of those houses, you know, I was was looking at some of those row houses, they go for a million dollars. I know, I know. A million dollars. So yeah, you know, I have friends. One of her homes is seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, in the district, not too far from Capitol Hill. Okay, and they can get it. They can get it. Yep. That's yep. The, that's the problem. It's not like Youngstown. I could put whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to get so much. <laughs> no, in D.C., you put a price on there. You're liable to get it. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm glad you had a good time. How was the weather? We had a good time. The weather was very great. Oh, it was good. good. It was good. Also, I went, you know, because we always talk about how that the African-American male wellness walk yeah. started in Columbus. The, well, it started in Columbus, but then they started having it here uh-huh. in Youngstown yes. in the parking lot. Yes. Remember? Yes. Of, I of was the church. his first one. Yeah. Yes. And so he did a Trinity big, missionary. Trinity missionary. Reverend Lou. That's it. He did a celebration this past Sunday. OK. A lot of us kind of stopped by and participated mm-hmm. in the church okay. service and so forth to really talk about, you know, having the African-American male wellness walk was a great vision of John Gregory. Okay. And he is... We met him one time and he came up here, right? Yes. And he was having that week, that same Sunday, he was having a big thing uh-huh. at the King's Complex Center in Columbus because he was debuting a podcast show talking about health and wellness and the African-American male wellness walk. But then he also published a book. John Gregory. Yes. It's called, what is it called? Eight Things That I Learned from Oprah from a Man's Perspective. Really? Yes. Okay. And so the book is for sale, Mm -hmm. on sale right now. The proceeds will go to the African-American Male Wellness Walk, their association, to raise money for all of their initiatives that they're doing throughout the year. So that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, good. so that's what I was doing. Great. This week. But you were doing great I, yeah, things. Yeah, I, I went to Italy. Venice and Florence and Paris all within seven days it was a whirlwind tour it was great the weather was very cold there but packed a lot in in Mm -hmm. a short period of time Um, saw some friends in Paris okay went to a jazz club and saw this uh, singer her name is Judith Hill okay she sang with Prince she sang with Michael Jackson and went with some friends one of the guys is from Youngstown Eddie Allen Mm-hmm. who's a percussionist who lives in France now in Paris with his wife, Isabel, um, and their little girl, Carisha. And we all went to the jazz club together and then went out to eat. He's, you know, still, still doing his thing. Doing his thing. I, sometimes I say Eddie's still stuck in the 70s, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie is still kind of stuck in the 70s, but dear friends, his wife is a dancer there. Okay. And went to the Musée d'Orsay to see all the Impressionism things and just kind of walked around, saw Notre Dame and to see what's happening. Oh, with yeah, that what is happening? Well, there's a lot of scaffolding around and it won't be open for 10 years. 
Jeez. It won't be open for 10 years. And what I'm told is that, you know, the design is going to be a little bit more futuristic because, first of all, a lot of those, that building was built, started to build in 1300. And a lot of that, the resources that they've used, they don't exist anymore. And the artisans that built those, that do those little fine things, they don't exist anymore. So Mm. they're going to have to come up with a whole new thing. So we saw, I've got pictures, but there's a lot of scaffolding around. Met another friend of mine from college who was there. Okay. Went to this place called Angelina which is a great place for chocolate and we had lunch there then went to Venice Venice as everybody knows had a big flood and we got Mm -hmm. out of Venice literally within hours of the tide rising up to everybody's waist going out of the hotel we had to walk on wooden planks out of the hotel on the floor of the hotel because it was filling up with water to the water taxi and then as people saw on Facebook the the water taxi was getting up I mean this guy was getting up and I was like we're getting the hell up out of here so we got up and then on the news you could see and we have friends again friends that live there went over to their house and did some cooking and some Venetian cooking which was fun Mm -hmm. but uh, they were busy pumping water out of their basement part of their house so that it was pretty devastating they hadn't had a flood like that since 1966 Wow, and still having problems and the water wow. hasn't all receded then went to Florence the okay. seat of the Renaissance yes. went to the Uffizi Museum which mm-hmm. is the main Renaissance museum I think in the world great mm-hmm. so I just kind of walked around and saw the Duomo the cathedral and just to get a feel I love Florence it's a great walking town and one of the things that I went there for was I wanted a leather coat so I bought a leather coat okay. that's reversible and then just kind of milled around got back on the train and then came back to Venice and mm-hmm. then came back to Paris spent two days and then came back so it was really whirlwind it was kind of like that movie that was out in the 70s it was called if this is tuesday this must be belgium so you woke up in the morning like where am i what right, right, right. and then a lot of mornings mm-hmm. were early mornings because you either had to catch a plane, plane or, or a train, train or yeah. something but mm-hmm. you know i kept saying i can rest in youngstown oh big time so might as well you're used you to doing that oh, we yeah. did that in england mm-hmm. You know, we did that in London. Just bam, bam, bam. Just bam, bam. And we could rest in Youngstown. Yeah, because ain't, ain't uh, <clears throat> right. nothing to do here. <laughs> <laughs> so I said I could rest in Youngstown. So that was my week. Very exciting. Very, again, very educational. I love history. Yes, you know, I, I love, love the art. Looking at, and then um, I just love looking at the buildings and, and the, the architect. buildings and the architect. And, yes, it's You awesome. know, trying to practice my French and my Italian. I love that. Just new cultures and stuff like that to uh-huh. understand it it's just it's not about the united states all the time no it's, it's not it's about as you and i know we love to travel it's about other countries other mm-hmm. cultures so yeah it was great oh that's nice yeah it was great yes. so now you back in a youngstown why town yeah, yeah. why that's it <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good it's all good i'm glad to be back home yeah you I'm know glad it too. gives you an opportunity to go and but you're always glad to be home because oh, you yes. understand truly that we in the United States are the land of the plenty. Mm-hmm. And we don't appreciate what we have. I kind of got a little tired of taking a shower in a shower that was only big enough for me. And I'm not that big. I know, so I can't imagine that. people that are bigger. Mm-hmm. You have to get out the shower to turn around and get back, back in. in. I know. So that got a little bit on my nerves. But you know, you got to not be the ugly American. That's You're it. in their country. That's it. They didn't ask you to come over here. I know. Stay your whatever home. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's what I say for people that complain. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask you to come over here. Mm-hmm. Stay over here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there are just some adjustments that you have to make, but it's cool. It's all good. I don't care where I go, even if it's up the street to D.C. Mm-hmm. I love when I get back home, I'll be like, ooh, I'm back home so I can get Me in too. my bed. My bed, my bathroom. Yes. My own bed and my own bathroom. It's nothing, nothing like, like it. it. <laughs> we said that at the same time. I'm nothing like you. it. It's nothing right. like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> so what is going on this Ooh, week? Oh, Vicky, everything. I was it on my was. I was on the phone while I was in Europe. Of just so much was going it on. Was, it over was, here. Sorry, it was and then to get back. We got back the day of the the game. game. That's what I thought. To hear the actual game and then that driving from Pittsburgh because the mm-hmm. plane got in very late and then hearing all this what was going on. All this on. hype, huh? Oh, my God. That's what I, I thought about you. I was like, CD. And came back through the Pittsburgh airport. It was mighty quiet. Oh, I'm sure. It was mighty quiet. I'm sure. Yeah. But here's the deal. I was thinking about you. I was like, okay, now, because you know, I don't, mm, I ain't, ain't watching too much um, Steelers or Brown. Uh-huh. And then I thought of you. I said, well, shoot, they winning, but I don't know. We might have to put them up on the, the rack exactly. once again. Exactly. With all this stuff happening. Exactly. As the story is evolving, mm-hmm. you and I have been on Facebook and we made these comments. My thing is, you can't punish one I don't think without the, the other. other as things have evolved you know we had, a, we had a snapshot view of it that night and it looked like what it looked like but if you look at the frames and look at the whatever as it has been looked at from all different sides all different whatever you know both people were involved and so my thing is they probably both should be yes uh, suspended. suspended yeah yeah because they only suspended yeah. the um, Miles Garrett and today yes. he was in court Oh, was Appeal, he? Yeah, he was in court, and he, they had him to come out. He was escorted by, I guess, his representative and a security guard. So he, mm-hmm. he went in to appeal his case of being suspended indefinitely and without pay. Oh, it's without pay. Without okay. pay, yeah. So okay. um, we'll see what shakes out with without that. Yeah, it was a big victory. You know, it was to me, it was kind of an upset, but it uh, was a little but, bit. But, of but upset. to have that at the end, oh yeah, uh, that just messed for, it for up. For people that don't know, you know, there was supposedly at the end, you know, there was that the Miles Garrett who plays for the Browns mm-hmm. had taken the helmet off of this Rudolph. I can't think. Yeah, of his first uh, Mason. Ma- Mason Rudolph, Mason, the quarterback, uh-huh. and hit him over the head. And then there was scuffling, and then people came people out. People came out and, and started you know, beating up. It. People, it was like a it was like a melee brawl. Yes, yes. And pulling the Steeler guys came back, and they were trying to pull people off, and it just became a melee, like a, a hockey game, really. Uh-huh. And um, that's exactly it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then and then the next day, you know, Miles Garrett was the only one who got suspended. reprimanded. Yeah, indefinitely, indefinitely, end without of the season. Pay. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think he was right to appeal that and have everybody look at both sides of the situation. And if he had to go, I think the other one has to go, too. That's my own personal opinion. That's my opinion. Look, people like, well, who started it? Well, he started it. Well, he didn't. No, like kids. We do it like with our kids. You know, when when I was growing up or with me, with my little missus, somebody did this. When she started, okay, well, that's okay because y'all both punished. Both. In my era, both got spankings. You both got it. Both got spanking. And now so, y'all discuss and it. Now, on. Discuss- <laughs> <laughs> 
Now y'all can go on back there and discuss yes, who started what. But you both got spanking. That's it. Or That's you both got punished. So I think this is the way it should be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll see, right? Yeah. But yeah. then right after that, I said, okay, this is sports drama. It is. Because then they were talking about Kaepernick. That's all so now, I tell heard. me, I missed a little bit of that That's, about that because I was in Europe. He came back because he wanted to. Well, they invited him. You know how they have the private where he could do the private workout. Yeah. So they invited him, NFL, mm. to do a private workout. Mm. Okay. Mm. They had the place all set up uh-huh. and then whatever procedures uh-huh. that they do and mm-hmm. They were going to have the cameras or whatever he wanted. And then right at the last minute, he going to change uh-huh. the, the location. Who Kaepernick changed? Yes. Oh. And go over to, to this high school thing. And, and he didn't want to sign the waiver. And what? It was, it was just a bunch of drama. He did? Yeah. But my thing was, even with all this, I was surprised that he was going to even do a private workout and all that. Because I'm like, okay. You getting paid all this goddamn didn't money. He win a, didn't he win a lawsuit? That's the point. So you won, won a lawsuit. with was an amount of the money was not A told. whole bunch of money. Right. Okay. Then Nike, you big time, you got a whole bunch of money yeah. with that. Why you want to go back to NFL so they can whip on you? Exactly. That's what I don't understand. Right. What was the point? What was the point? To get picked on again. To get picked on again. Then I'm starting to worry about, is it your ego now? You need that for your ego. I think it's for his ego. I'm just wondering if this is for your ego. Yeah. And then they say, oh, well, his practice, he looked pretty good. And I always say, well, you know, he ain't really been playing. He really hasn't. Um, What, since just throw, 2017? Just because he can throw one ball. And do do all this little yeah. stuff at their workout. Oh, he looked good. Well, you don't have him in the real game. Mm-mm. And it Mm-mm. makes a big difference. It, I mean, look at Bit. Baker Mayfield, you know, they thought he was all mm. that. And, uh, and he had a lot more practice and stuff like that. And he looked good in the beginning. On the, But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the real deal is when you're getting out there. And people and trying to. And the real deal. And they trying to tear you up, up and beat, beat you down and throw you up and throw you down. Hit you over the head with a helmet. All right, that right, stuff. right, right. It's a whole nother different ball game. It's a whole and different. how long has he been out? Since it, I think since what, 2017? Is that right? 2016, okay. 2017. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that makes a difference. But with all this drama and he talking back to the people and the NFL, they getting all upset. I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't really think he really wanted to come back. Right. I think he just wanted some drama or something. Maybe because we weren't, wonder. weren't thinking I'm about it. I'm just him. beginning to wonder. Mm. Is this your ego? I'm just saying. And then it's like, why do you want to go back? He that got makes a no sense. man. He got, you know, and after this, you maybe might want to focus on another career. If he focus on just his platform right now, yes, he'll do great. Exactly, he's already doing great. People love him all over the world. Exactly. What are you he's doing? He's got a following. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of and pe- did he come up for an Emmy or something? He came up something. for an Emmy. Yes. With that thing that with the with the commercial commercial right. Yeah. So so know. he's getting all kinds of accolades. So, so stay on stay on the calls, I'm bro. I'm telling you, I'm beginning to wonder stay if stay on the calls. Get out yeah. of the NFL. Yeah. And then you know. Yeah. Then you wonder about the NFL. I mean, and I'm wondering about what was their motive to even invite him. Right. But here's the thing. I'm a company. This dude sued me. So I'm going, "Mm, (laughs) let me invite you back to work for me. Why are you going to do that? I don't understand it either. What is he that? sued them. He sued them. But now they're asking him, so you going back to the people you sued. Isn't that right? 
That's it. He's going back to the people right. that he sued to try to get them to bring him on. Then when he was there, he was talking smack. But he got no bites, did he? Is it over? I don't know. You He's know, got some, no bites. Some people say that a lot of people might do that. A lot of coaches might put him on because, you know, they ain't got too many um, right. good quarterbacks right, right now anyway. But at the same time, with him doing all this hoopla that he did, drama, I don't know if they're going to. Why couldn't he come in and just sit his arse down? Why you got to do all this rhetoric, drama, Matt stuff. Right. That doesn't serve any useful purpose. Like you say, if he just continued with his own platform, you don't need all that other stuff over there. No. That smack and all that smart talking and all that drama. To me personally, it takes away from what he's trying to do positively. I know. You're not trying to look at him from a positive standpoint, but for me personally, and I don't think it's because of my age, I just think it's just. Mm-mm. No, it has nothing to do with your age. Mm-mm. Everybody's saying, uh uh. You know. Mm-mm. I think he messed up. I think but so too. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you know, out. if he want to get back, you know, some folks really want to play. Yeah. That's okay. But a lot of folks are saying, you know, with all this issue that we're having, why don't we start our own league? Right. Now, here's the deal. Remember, they used to have a Negro league, the baseball. They did. That was hot. They did. One of our persons here in Youngstown, Mr. Yes. Jim Cobbin, was uh, a part of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got his uniforms in his office down there. He's got bat and ball and stuff like that that he used. And so, yeah, so, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I think people don't think that it's possible, but it is possible. I mean, we, we got a lot of folks that do not get into the NFL exactly. that play very well. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them go to Europe. What happens is some yes. of them go to Europe, especially the basketball players. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they go to Italy or some of the former Eastern Bloc countries and play basketball or play mm-hmm. football or whatever. So, yeah. It's possible. A lot of people, yeah. Mm-hmm. To have that, yeah. to have our own league. And people would go. Yeah, people would go if we had our own league, I think. Oh, yeah. Would yes. be interesting. Yeah, and then halftime, yeah. we, we can bring out them college folk that exactly. do the band and stuff. Right, <laughs> like Florida A&M and Grambling and those guys oh, who have the yeah. great bands and stuff. They, yeah. They'll bring the house down. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So it's possible. Anything is possible, really. Yeah, I agree. That's it. But enough of the drama, right? Yeah. Enough of the enough drama. Of that. Enough of that. So you were bringing to our attention the whole new research about heart surgery. Yeah, so I thought this was a really interesting article. This came out a couple of days ago. Surgery for blocked arteries is often unwarranted, researchers say. Drug therapy alone may save lives as effectively as bypass or stenting procedures, a large federal study showed. So this was not sponsored by a pharmaceutical company, but the government. The findings of a large federal study on bypass surgeries and stents calls into question the medical care provided to tens of thousands of heart disease patients with blocked coronary arteries, scientists reported at the annual meeting of the American Heart Association this past Saturday. The new study found that patients who received drug therapy alone did not experience more heart attacks or die more often than those who also received bypass surgery or stents, tiny wire cages used to open narrowed arteries. That finding held true for patients with severely blocked coronary arteries, Stenting and bypass procedures, however, did help some patients with intractable, meaning it wouldn't go away, chest pain called angina. You would think that if you fix the blockage, the patient will feel better or do better, said Dr. Alice Jacobs, director of cath lab and interventional cardiology at Boston University. The study, she added, certainly will challenge our clinical thinking. 
This is far from the first study to suggest that stents and bypasses are overused, but previous studies have not deterred doctors who have called early research on the subject inconclusive and the design flawed. So previous studies did not adequately control for risk factors like LDL, which we were talking about cholesterol, that may have affected outcomes. Dr. Elliot Antman, senior physician at Brigham and Women, Women's in Boston, nor did those trials include today's improved stents, which secrete drugs, they're called drug-eluting stents, which intended to prevent open arteries from closing again. With its size and rigorous design, the new study called Ischemia, rightfully so, Mm -hmm. was intended to settle questions about the benefits of stents and bypass. This is an extraordinary trial, said Dr. Glenn Levine from Baylor. The results will be incorporated into treatment guidelines, said Dr. Levine, who sits on the guideline committee for the American Heart Association. So a little bit about the study. The participants in ischemia were not experiencing a heart attack like Bernie Sanders had, nor did they have blockages of the main artery, which we call the widowmaker, two situations in which opening the arteries can be life-saving. Instead, these patients had narrow arteries that were discovered with exercise or in stress tests. Mm -hmm. So we have 5,179 participants followed for three and a half years. It's the largest trial to address the effect of opening blocked arteries in non-emergency situations and the first to include today's powerful drug regimens, which doctors refer to as medical therapy. All the patients had moderate to severe blockages in their coronary arteries. Most had a history of chest pain, although one in three had no chest pain in the month before enrollment. One in five experienced chest pain at least once a week. All participants were regularly counseled to be on their medication, take their cholesterol drug, blood pressure medicines, aspirin, and all the medications that their doctors are giving them for their heart, things to slow down their rate. Patients were randomly assigned to have medical therapy alone or an intervention and medical therapy. Medical therapy alone or an intervention and medical therapy. Of those in the intervention group, three-quarters received stents, the others received bypasses. The number of deaths among those who had stents or bypasses was 145, compared to 144 among the patients who received medication alone. Not a big difference. The number of patients who had heart attacks was 276 in the stent Mm -hmm. and bypass group, compared with 314 in the medication group, an insignificant difference. So they had pictures uh, in the New York Times of the blocked arteries and so forth. So Dr. Judith Hockman, Mm -hmm. I saw her on television talking about this. Mm -hmm. She was the lead author in this uh, paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had expected Dr. Hockman, Senior Associate Dean of Clinical Sciences at NYU Lagon Health and Chair of the Study, had expected that those with the most severe chest pain and blockages would benefit from stents or bypasses. Mm -hmm. But there is no suggestion that any subgroup benefited. Ischemia results are consistent with current understanding of heart disease. Researchers have learned that a patient with a narrowed artery may have plaques, just not in a single blocked area, but throughout the coronary arteries. There is no way to predict which of those patients of those plaques will break off and cause a heart attack. Yet when a cardiologist sees a blockage, the temptation for a doctor is to get rid of it quickly, said Dr. Marone, who's Director of Preventive Cardiology at Stanford, the study's other co-chair. When an exercise stress test indicates a narrowing, most doctors send the patient for a cath to look for a blockage. If there's a blockage, the usual thing is to do a stent. If stent's not feasible, then a bypass. Patients with abnormal stress tests should talk to their doctors about the options. The patient has chest pain despite taking medications, a stent or bypass might help improve quality of life. Here's the cost, mm-hmm. which is going to yes. really get into the pocket of some of these people. Yes. 
So bottom line is you don't have to rush to the cath lab because, oh my God, you'll have a heart attack and drop dead. If you have had no angina in the last month, there's no benefit to an invasive procedure. So here are the dollars. Stenting costs an average of $25,000 per patient. Mm. Bypasses cost $45,000 on average. The nation could save $775 million a year mm. by not giving stents to the 31,000 patients who get the devices even though they have no chest pain, said Dr. Hoffman, the woman who led this study. Mm-hmm. But the conventional wisdom among cardiologists is that the sort of medical therapy that patients got in ischemia is just not feasible in the real world, said Dr. Bowden, who's a member of the study's leadership committee. Doctors often say that making sure patients adhere to the therapy is too demanding and we don't have time for that. But getting a stent does not obviate the need for medical therapy. Because like I was telling you earlier, the same problems that gave you the, the <laughs> thing, you're still going to need to take your statins and stuff to keep that down. Right, right. So since patients with stents need an additional anti-clotting drug, they actually wind up taking more meds. About a third of stent patients develop chest pain again within 30 days to six months and need another stent. So lastly, we have to finally get past the whining about how hard optimal medical therapy is and begin in earnest to educate our patients as to what works and is effective and what isn't. This reminds me of the study that came out that was a landmark study that came out that showed that lumpectomy was no better than mastectomy in patients with breast cancer in terms of progression. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be interesting because be interesting. a lot of companies are going to be without a lot of money. Yeah, if they're not doing stents. If they're not doing stents. Yeah. And, and this is going to dig into the cardiovascular surgeons. You know, they're going to have to find something else to do because now interventional radiology is really where it's at mostly anyway. I know. There are not a lot of bypass surgeries that are Doing being anything. done. Yeah, no, no. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. So, yeah, that was that, I thought that was interesting and glad you had me to bring it to the yeah, table Yeah, but it's, it, it just shows how that every time, every day, there's some new yep. way of doing things yep. and research yep. out there. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it makes it better anyway. It does. It makes it better. It does. And this was a pretty good sample size. Yeah. And over three and a half years. But it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I'd like to take the study out more than three years. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see a 10-year study. Yeah. yeah. To me, that would be more convincing for me. Right. But then you can get any scenarios that's different can happen over right. 10 years. exactly. And then it can be tested out. Exactly. That's true, too. Yeah. So that's why longitudinal studies are yeah. very important as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we always say, like you were saying, you know, when you get in there with some type of heart disease or something that's blocking, yeah, they'll put the stint in, but you got to get your lifestyle If your cholesterol and all that, if you're eating donuts, running up and down and eating donuts and doing, you know, not making any lifestyle changes, you're going to be right Right back. Right and back. what's the point? Right back. What is the point? You know, take they your statins, most, uh-huh. take your, your blood pressure medications, you know, do whatever they want you to do for your heart, lowering the stress. Right, stress. Minimize and, stress. And that's why cardiac rehab is so, you know, I always talk about yes, that. Yes, you do. It's so important because they teach you all of the education yeah. part is the yeah. most important. Yeah. And that was your research, right? Yes. They yeah. teach you yeah. all of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And it's changing your lifestyle, yeah. you know, yeah. knowing about your medications right. and being 
being compliant. Maybe we should do a, a show one day, at least for a half hour, talking about cardiac rehab. I should. Because I don't know that we've talked about no, that. No, we haven't. I don't really know what's all involved in cardiac uh, rehab. Yeah, let's talk about cardiac rehab. Because yes. we always throw the term around, but what exactly is, is that? If after I have heart surgery or a heart attack, what is cardiac mm -hmm. rehab? It's exercise intervention, but then it has the lifestyle. So they have a psychologist mm -hmm. there. See, I don't even know. They got, yeah, yeah. you're going so over your meds. That. It's yeah. a lot of education. We talk about that because there are a lot of heart patients out there that I think would mm -hmm. like to hear about that. Well, do you have any latest today? Nothing latest. No, nothing new on Ebola or any of the diseases that we've been talking about. So I guess everything is pretty much status quo right now. All right, then. Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about kids bullying and what should we do. There has been an increase of incidents of bullying at school. Sometimes we as adults may dismiss bullying as a kid's thing and a part of growing up. However, bullying can be detrimental and it can have a detrimental effect on our kids and teenagers that can last for a lifetime. And so we have joining us Latasha K. Mason. Yay. Yay. An advocate for anti-bullying and an author of her children's book, Zaina the Brave. It tells the story of an African-American girl being brave and facing bullying at school and how she overcomes it. Latasha will also share with us her perspective of what we can do as parents and as a community to stop the bullying. But first, I wanted to go over just a few stats so you can understand why the whole bullying now, it has become a serious issue. Now, according to Stop Bullying Now Foundation, the overall outlook of the long-term effects of bullying upon society does not look good. Why? Well, let's look at some of the stats. 60% of middle school students say that they have been bullied, while 16% of staff believes that students are bullied. So this is saying right off the bat that a lot of students are being bullied, but the staff, the staff doesn't know. The staff, they do not know. They don't know. Isn't right. that something? That's something. Okay, so 160,000 students stay home from school every day mm. due to bullying. Mm. Isn't that something? Mm. 
30% of students who reported that they have been bullied said that they had at times brought weapons there to school. There you go. There you go. There you go. There it is, there right? It is. There it is. Isn't that something? There it is. And then you go on down. It says the average child has watched 8,000 televised murders mm. and 100,000 acts of violence before mm. finishing elementary mm. school. Mm. Mm. Isn't that something? Mm. And then they say in schools where there are anti-bullying programs, bullying is reduced by 50%. So it does work. Now, according to the National Institute of Occupational Safety Health, there is a loss of employment amounting to 19 billion and a drop in productivity of 3 billion due to workplace bullying. Mm -hmm. So we even bullying folks mm -hmm. at in the job. Yeah. So adults. maybe those are adults. Those are adults. So maybe kids are learning those bullying it, habits exactly from, from their people. adults exactly and from their parents exactly and at home exactly. That's it. Yep. Then they say law enforcement costs related to bullying are enormous. Here we go. Since 1999, the Office of Violence Against Women has spent 98 million in assistance to address campus sexual violence. One thing I will have to say, on campus, they go through all the time for the new, whatever programs you do, graduates, new freshmen, they bring in the police and the law enforcement, mm -hmm. and they talk about rape and sexual mm -hmm. assault mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's high on campus. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of campuses don't really talk about no, that. No, they don't. Right. But it's, it's pretty high on that. And right. so they are trying to get all of these programs in place and available. They have the Stop Bullying Now Foundation. It was founded to address the epidemic of bullying that exists in our schools today. And so for all of you guys out there to find out more about this organization and their anti-bullying program, go to www.stopbullyingnowfoundation.org. And if you're listening today and you believe that your child is being bullied at school and your child feels that there's no hope, you and your child feel that there's no hope, there is hope. We want you to please call the Lifeline, L-I-F-E-L-I-N-E -E, at 1-800-273-TALK. And talk is 8255. So that's 1-800-273-8255. Now let's listen to our interview with Latasha Mason. Now here with us today is Latasha Mason, an author of her children's book, Zaina the Brave. Not only will Latasha talk about her book, she will share with us her reason and inspiration for writing this book. She will also give us her perspective of how we can deal with the growing issue of kids and bullying. Latasha, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about you? I am fine. And I'm so glad that with all the things that was going on between a couple of days ago that we are able to have our interview today, right? <laughs> oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, and I am excited to hear all the good things that you're going to say today. First, tell us about yourself. What was the reason and inspiration for you writing this book, and was it personal? Tell us all about that. When I grew up, I was teased 
and bullied because of my size, both in height and weight. And then also, I was born with something, well, I'm, I'm not kneed and pigeon-toed. I don't know if you know what that means or if the yes. listeners know. But, you know, when you walk, your knees kind of touch okay. and your feet turn inward. And so that gave kids a lot of ammunition to okay. kind of tease me. And sometimes it did turn physical. Because of that, when I started hearing these newer headlines of kids getting younger and younger, committing suicide, or then hearing about the high school shooting, and learning that a lot of those cases can be stemmed back to bullying or them being ostracized, it really struck a chord with me. And, and, and I felt like I really needed to do something to kind of let these kids know you're not alone you know, turning to suicide or shooting up schools, there, there are other options. Okay. If I can get through this, they can too. I thought <laughs> about it, and since I had been thinking about writing a book, I said, why not do a children's book? You know, maybe some of these kids can resonate with what, with what I went through. Okay. And maybe this will help them to get through it. And not only them, but parents and teachers and principals and youth leaders, just to kind of give them a behind the scenes of what goes on when a child is constantly being bullied, but also doing what they are told to do when they're bullied and the bullying still continues. What do we do? That's very interesting. And here's the thing, though. It seemed like when we were growing up, yeah, there were, you know, people bullying, the kids bullying, but now it seems even worse today. What, what do you think? I think so, because the children can't escape it. You know, at least I had an escape. I can go home, and I didn't have to deal with those kids. You know, I would only see them at school, and I didn't want to go to school the next day. But these kids today, they have social media, yes. and there are just other ways where they're constantly being able to be reached by those that are bullying and teasing them. And it doesn't just end with, you know, it could be maybe one or two people in school bullying them, but then you have those people who are kind of like, they're, they're, I guess you would say, not brave enough right. to say anything to you in your face. Right. And so they'll go on social media and hide behind, they call them thumb thugs. Okay. They'll hide behind the computer screen or behind their phones and say those mean and cruel things to you on social media. So there's no escape for these children today. That makes sense then. They're constantly being harassed, really, right? Harassed right. and bullied. We get these um, stories where you see these guys, you know, the little ones, they're nine years old and six. I mean, it's heartbreaking. But right. I, can, I can understand how that would be. I mean, that would just be crazy. And then for the little ones to really have to deal with that. Not only do they have to go to school to try to learn, now they got to deal with folks. In your case, it was physical, right? So right. they were trying to, what, pull your hair or beat up on you. How pull was Uh huh. And, you know, when you're someone who's bigger than the other kids, mm -hmm. they're afraid to do any type of contact with you on their own. So it'll be two, three, or four of them okay. hanging on you at once because they, they're afraid to confront you on their own. So, okay. you know, I was getting jumped sometimes. Oh, wow. Did the principal or what helped you through that? Well, the way I handled the situation is totally different than how I had my character in the book. Okay. Dana, her story borrows from my story, but I had her handle it a little bit different. Okay. 
you know, I was raised that my parents said, I don't want to hear anything about you fighting in school. You talk to the teachers. You do whatever you have to do, but don't make me have to come to that school. You right. will not be in school acting up. Right. So even though these children were, you know, hitting me or maybe throwing things at me, I didn't want to go home and get in trouble with my parents. Okay. You know? Okay. But when my mother found out that I was getting, you know, ganged up on and children were hitting me and throwing things at me and I wasn't doing anything back. And she said, Oh no, you're allowed to defend yourself. Yes. You know, yes. I don't want <laughs> Big time. Starting fight for anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, you know, I definitely don't want to promote violence. So right. I, I had Zayna's story in the, a bit different than how, you know, I did stand up for myself okay, and, and earned that respect in school, and, and that's how it ended for me. Right, but I right. did do all uh-huh. of the things that they told us to do when you're being bullied. Okay. I talked to the teacher. Mm-hmm. I talked to my parents. My mother went to the one boy's um, mother's house, and she just simply, you know, she didn't believe it. So I did everything that a child is supposed to do. You, you tell. And right. you tell the, the, the child to leave you alone. And it just persisted. Okay. Nothing was working. Okay. There's a, a passage in the book where Zaina is speaking with her teacher. And that is something that actually went down between myself and my fifth grade teacher. Okay. And her name actually is Mrs. Martin as well. And, and I, I told Mrs. Martin, hey, this, this boy keeps teasing me. He keeps calling me fat, you know. And exactly what I said in the book is what Miss Martin said to me. She said, you know, you just tell him that you can always lose weight, but he will never be cute. And that always stuck with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, but then she's dogging him. She's. <laughs> <laughs> what, what she was trying, the point she was trying to make is. I know. Beauty is more than about your appearance on the outside. And she would always tell me uh-huh. before I went to her with this, she was always calling me pretty girl and telling me that I was beautiful mm-hmm. and things like that. <laughs> and, you know, the point that she was trying to make is that beauty is not just what's on the outside. He is being very ugly to you. Exactly. So he will never be cute because of the way he's acting. Okay. You know? Yeah. You had to so look, you had to that. clarify it for us. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, well, if he's ugly, then yeah, he should stop messing with you. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> she explained it better. She explained it better. <laughs> yes. With your story, then it goes all the way through how she feels, right? And right. the solution. So is that what you make sure you do in your book? You create solutions and options for both parents too, right? Well, the book actually was designed to get the discussion started because Children seem to be afraid to talk about it or they feel like you're weak. Okay. You tell, okay. Or, you know, what they say, snitches get stitches. Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to tell anyone. So it's designed to make them feel comfortable okay. talking about it. Okay. And in one of the focus groups that I had, I was surprised, you know, I presented it to them as if, you know, I just wanted their opinion. I, I said, do you think other kids will like this? It was Okay. About 10 girls, uh-huh. ages 9 through 12. Okay. And I said, do you think other kids will like this book? I wrote this, and I'm thinking about putting it out. What do you think? Do you think other kids will like this? And it opened up a major discussion. They disclosed so much to me that I hadn't even anticipated they would talk about. Okay. You know, they were telling me about 
children their age nine years old cutting themselves, telling me about incidences of whether they've been bullied or friends of theirs have been bullied. And, and one girl even admitted that at one point she was kind of a bully because she was kind of doing what her friends, you know, were doing. Okay. They were telling me, giving me all kind of examples and just telling me things that I just, I was flabbergasted. I'm, I'm like, these are babies. I know. Through this. I know. Can I you know. imagine a nine-year-old cutting? I know. Toe? Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. So so with that, then, because, you know, we get bullied a lot as African-American girls. When you talk to the girls, they get bullied a lot, even within their own school situation or churches where everyone looks like them. Or right. definitely when they get into these integrated schools where it's different ethnic groups and white folks and, and the young African-American girls. So did you see that when you went out or did you hear about that where a lot of our little ones get um, bullied based on their race and even their skin color, whether you dark skin versus light skin? Is it that type of stuff going on? Yeah, that is going on as well. But basically, mm -hmm. any child that presents with any type of difference is, you know, subject to being bullied. Yes. You know, whether it's your skin color, whether it's the texture of your hair, okay. whether it's, you know, the size of your teeth, the size of your feet. If it's something that's not the same as everyone else, if it's something that makes you stand out. Yes. Yeah, it makes you subject to being bullied. That means that not everyone, right. not everyone gets bullied, but a lot of the little ones are getting bullied. So what kind of suggestions would you have? Do it from a kid's suggestion. What would you say that they do? Because when you did what they said to do, it seemed like it didn't work. What right. would you tell kids today to do if they're being bullied? Well, you definitely want them to follow whatever protocol is set forth, whether it's at their church or whether it's at their school or their after-school program or youth organization. You want to make sure they do that, right? You want to make sure they follow the protocol. Okay. And if that is not working, they have to have people that they feel safe talking to. Okay. You know, if they don't feel comfortable talking with their teacher, then maybe it's a janitor, you know what I mean? Or maybe it's the school resource officer. Okay. Or maybe it's one of their youth leaders. And then if that isn't working, you know, if they, if they do talk to their parent and their parent did like my mother did and goes to the other child's house and speak with their parent and there still isn't something happening, you know, what you can do is try to not isolate yourself. Sometimes when you're feeling down about being bullied or whatever, uh -huh. you feel like you need to be alone. You, you feel like everyone is going to tease you but they're strength in numbers. Right. So try to find kids that will want to sit with you at lunch or will want to hang out with you or willing to stick up for you. You know, it doesn't have to be physical, but when you say stop, maybe your friend that's with you will say stop as well. And usually a bully won't want to bully you if you're in a crowd. Right, you know? right. If you're surrounded by people. Okay. And I would say keep talking about it. And make sure you follow all of those steps, whatever your organization or your school is telling you to do. And then make sure you definitely tell your parents yes. and tell your closest friends and whether it's your sibling. Because in the book, you know, Zayna tells her brother, she tells her mother, she tells her friends, okay. you know, she tells the teacher. Zayna didn't care. She told everyone. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. So you have to be brave enough to stand up for yourself. 
So then for parents, you know, suppose our kids come to us. Now, some kids, they don't come to their parents. They hide it. So what are some of the signs that we can maybe see that something's not right, you know, and what should we do? What should we do? Well, I would say you would want to watch for changes in your child's behavior. And then you would want to see, you know, are they giving you making up reasons to not go to school? Are they wetting the bed? Are they having trouble sleeping at night? Are they having nightmares? Are they acting out all of a sudden? You know, have their grades suddenly gotten bad? Do they have like lost or destroyed clothing? Oh, okay. Uh, books wow. Or electronics or jewelry, you know, things like that you want to watch out for. Do they have unexplained injuries? Mm. You no. Know, are they coming home disheveled when you sent them to school looking nice, you know? Okay. Are they being self destructive? Yes. Are they harming themselves or are they thinking about or talking about suicide? Those are signs that you can kind of look out for in your child to kind of give you a heads up that maybe there's something going on and they're being bullied. We find the signs and symptoms. So our kid is being bullied. How do we make it stop? How do we go through that process? I feel like, and like I said, you know, I am in no way an expert, but I feel like starting the discussion. Okay. And then realizing that what is in place, if you've gone through everything that you're supposed to do, you've talked to the principal, your child has talked to the principal, you've had these discussions with the child's parent or if it's more than one child the other parent okay and it's still going on then that's when someone needs to get in there and say hey we need to take a look at these protocols take a look at your procedures here and make some changes because this is not working i feel like that's what we're failing our children okay we're expecting them to come up with a solution Uh, and what when they're doing what they we tell them to do and it's just not working okay as adults that's what we need to say okay this is not working these children are still being bullied. What do we do? Do we now? And I heard that there's something out now where they're going to start fining parents. Yes, if yes. Their children are constantly bullying others. So mm. I think that's a good idea because it holds you accountable for your children's actions. You're going to, you know, try to put some things in place at home to where you can find out what's going on with your child and why they are doing these things. You know, because sometimes. Children who become bullies are being bullied. Mm-hmm. Tyra Banks disclosed that she was a bully when she was in school, but that was because she was being bullied at home mm-hmm. by her brother. Ah. And it was like, you know, just a normal sibling rivalry type thing, but he was older than her and he's a boy. Okay. And he would tease her and she would take that energy and go to school and bully other girls. And then, but what happened with her, it turned around on her because she ended up having to go to a, a different school in a different district. And so those girls there started bullying her. Okay. And she ended up seeing how it felt for the other girls that she was bullying, you know? Yes, so, yes. Yeah, so you have to take a look at all the things that's going on with the child, whether it's the child that's being bullied or it's the child that's doing the bullying try to figure out why they're doing the bullying and how you can get that to stop. 
Wow, it gets to be a a lot, but I'm glad that you are, through your book, you're bringing that up so that we can start really talking about it. But yeah, we have to be accountable and we got to, you know, step up to the plate as leaders in our school. If stuff not working, we got to change that stuff, right? Right. Yeah, we got to change it. You're here in, in our neck of the woods. And so are there any movements and campaigns that you've been involved with to promote anti-bullying? If so, do we have somewhere that we can tell parents to go to and get involved with around here in this area? Honestly, like I said, I wrote Zane of the Brave just to be a discussion starter, but I didn't know that the book was going to have parents and teachers and youth leaders contacting me saying, can you come speak at our school? Oh, wow. Can you come speak at our church? And I'm saying... Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's good, right? (laughs) Not only that, I was contacted by a high school boy in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to Kevin Roberts. Oh, right Uh, now. (laughs) Yes, he contacted me and wanted to do a PSA based on Zayna the Brave. Okay. And so he came to Warren and we got some kids involved and he shot and recorded a PSA for his video production project, you know, in high school. Oh, that's nice. And we released it a couple of months ago for the beginning of school, of the school year. Because of that, you know, working with those children and how it seemed the video really resonated with them. I said, you know, I want to take these kids and do something special for them. And so that led to me partnering with a few organizations within the community. It's a couple of churches. Okay. Uh, First Christian Church of Newton Falls, Second Baptist Church of Warren, okay. and then Trumbull Family Fitness. They have an after-school program. And then there's um, 21st Century Community Learning Centers of Warren City Schools. What we're doing is um, I have a lot of connections within the entertainment industry because I work with celebrities behind the scenes. Okay. And so I have a lot of colleagues in Atlanta. And so I want them to see various levels of success with people who look like them, you know, with people who may have overcome bullying, overcome obstacles that they have to go through, and just for them to understand that you just need to keep going and you can make it. So we're calling it the Brave Future Tour. We're planning on taking them to Atlanta in April. This is the Brave Future Tour, and you're taking, what, young kids from the schools in this area down to Atlanta? Is that what it is? Yes. And then you're going to be encouraging folks down there, too. Yes. Okay, wow. This is growing. This is what we call a movement, right? Yes, yes. I had no idea that writing this book was going to take me to all of these different places, but this is where I am. Well, that's what's happening, and we love that. So kudos to you. Now, we know, we see that you have a series. I saw that. I was like, series of children's books. So what you doing? What you doing there, now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, before I even put out the first book, I had already started writing the second book. Okay. And I would be done with the second book, but my editor, Uh as we're in the process of finishing the first book, she felt like I should tell a little bit more of Zayna's story, and that was part that I was holding off to the second book. Okay. And so part of the second book is actually added in the first book. Okay. I have to kind of tweak the second book a little bit more before I'm able to put that out. Okay. But yeah, I had already started writing the second book before I even released the first book. 
you're on the roll here. It sounds like you are just really getting up and started and getting this book out, but also the message out that we can control the little kids, the students, because we talk about children, but it really, it happens in, in high school, adolescence and all that too, but it's giving us some kind of control. You're giving the children control of the situation. You know, you don't have to sit there helpless and take the bullying. You can do stuff. And I, I think it's important too, that we also share with folks that see. So even though maybe I'm not getting bullied at school, if I see someone getting bullied, you know, what should I do? You know, what you think? Right. Well, you need to tell. Mm -hmm. First of all, I mean, we don't want you to involve yourself. We don't want you to put yourself in between anyone and the building. We don't want you to end up, you know, putting yourself in any danger. Uh But what you want to do is be able to have the courage to say, stop. This is not right. Leave this person alone. You know, you can do that. Yes. But you want to make sure that you're able to stay calm in the situation because you don't want to escalate the situation. And there's certain ways that you can approach it, you know. We put some tips up, too, on our social media and our website to how you deal with, you know, situations like that. But you definitely want to be someone who doesn't just stand by and watch. Okay. You know, if you see it happening, say stop. Because it's it's crazy how we see people on social media, they're fighting and the kids fighting. But somebody had to hold the camera to... I always get upset with that. I'm like, now who's holding the camera? I mean, really? I think we definitely have to do better. And I'm so glad that you are writing this book that you, well, you wrote the book and you're writing more books, but most importantly, you're connecting and, and building a community. And so that's awesome to know. That's really good to know. Thank you. Let's talk about, because, you know, we're entrepreneurs and I like to tell folks and, you know, get folks out there thinking. So I'm sure there are African-American women that may have thought about being an author and writing a book. Some folks, they've written stuff, but it hasn't gotten to where you are now with a completed book. So what would you say? What, you know, what kind of tidbits and things that you would encourage folks out there to write a book and and do what you have done? That's one of the most popular questions. I get this question all the time. Okay. And I think it's a great question, Mm -hmm. but then it's also one of the questions that I hate to answer because I can't do it any justice in the amount of time that I have to answer it. Right. So I kind of give a little bit of a tip, but I also let everyone know that I did an extensive interview with BlackEnterprise.com. Okay. She said, you know, I think it'll be great if you tell our readers what you did for this whole self-publishing process. Yes. You know, how can they go about self-publishing their book? What did you do? What obstacles did you have to overcome? And she said, I'm going to email you some questions. If you could just take your time and write it out for me. She said, I think it would be great. And I said, I'm glad you presented it to me like this because there is so much that they need to know. There's no way that I could give it to you in one answer. Uh So I'll give you a little bit, but I would also refer your listeners to Uh blackenterprise.com. And all they have to do is put in a search for L.K. Mason or Latasha Mason or Zayna the Brave. Okay. And the whole article will come up. And I tell you, I get all kinds of So it talks about um, the process of self-publishing a book right because that's a whole show within itself right 
Yes. Yes, yes. But just at least give us a few tips and encouragement. What you want to do is because a lot of people get started and they don't finish because they listen to naysayers. Yeah. They listen to people say, uh, I don't know, you know, or people who have, you can't let other people's thoughts get into your head. Right. Because this is something that you're passionate about. And this is something that you've been wanting to do, do it. Mm-hmm. And you figure out, you know, even with myself, and don't worry about selling, because even with myself, I did research first. Mm-hmm. And then I also had a number of friends that had already self-published books. Okay. And so I had people willing to guide me. And not only that, I did some ghostwriting for, I don't know if you're familiar with the actor and singer Tyrese Gibson. Yes. But I do a lot of work with him. Okay. And okay. I did some ghostwriting for, you know, a couple of his books. Okay. So I had a little bit under my belt. And even having that under my belt, yes. I made a lot of mistakes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to make mistakes even though you have people guiding you and you have advice. And even if you have a little bit of experience, don't worry about that. Okay. Failure is how you succeed. You can't succeed without some type of failure, right? Big time. And so just keep going. The best advice I can give anyone is to keep going. Yes. I definitely greatly appreciate that you are encouraging folks because, yeah, a lot of folks do that when it comes to business as well. They have those great ideas and then they get started, but then mm, something happens and they gone do for a long time <laughs> without getting it done. <laughs> But it's great, though, that you are encouraging folks because you take steps and you keep going. And it seems like you just kept going. (laughs) Yes, yes, I was determined. And I said, I'm going, this is what I want to do. And I kept going. And we love that. And so we're going to close. But in closing, let's try to summarize everything. What would you say to parents who think that their kids may be being bullied at school? How can they stop it? What should kids do? You know, kind of wrap up that in just a little bit, a summary of what parents can do and kids can do if they are being bullied. If you think that your child is being bullied, make sure that you try to find a way that you can have a discussion with them that will make them feel open to talking about it with you and that they don't feel ashamed or they don't feel like, you know, I'm being a snitch or I'm being weak. Because sometimes in our community, Mm -hmm. we don't allow ourselves to feel what we feel. You know, we're always taught to be strong because we've been through so much in our history. We're always taught to be strong and just keep going and you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to not be okay. So you should let your child know that. And that if anything is going on, they can always talk to you about anything. And if you suspect that something is going on and they still won't talk to you, go to their school and try to find out, you know, if the teacher has picked up on anything or if there's, a, you know, maybe it's a bus driver or maybe it's a noon aide or someone that may have picked up on some of your child's behavior or their friends, you know. Oh, and yes. try to get them to open up about it and talk to these people because they're there with your children all day long. And although they're not the parent, it's their job to keep them safe while they're in that school. Oh, yes. With kids, I'm a little one. What should I do if I'm being bullied? If you're being bullied, the first thing you want to do is because sometimes a bully will just continue to bully you if you don't say stop. Okay. Sometimes it's just as simple as you having the courage to say stop. Okay. Leave me alone. Mm. If they think they can get away with it, they're going to continue to do it. And then you want to, again, 
there's safety in numbers. Make sure you're always around a group of group of people. Even if it's not the ideal people that you would normally want to hang with, yes. hang with a group of people that you feel like you will be safe around. Okay. And then also have the courage to talk about it. Tell a friend, tell your teacher, tell someone who can keep you safe and try not to be around that bully. Try to keep yourself at distance at bay from that bully. Those are good recommendations. I want folks to go and buy your book. With your book, who can read your book? Anybody. I can read it too to my little nephews and things. So who, who can read your book? <laughs> who should read your book? Yeah, see, that's the thing about Zayn of the Brave. I wanted it to be relatable to everyone. And so everyone always asks me, what age range is it for? And I hate to limit it to that because actually there are kids that are well below the age range that it's set for that love the book. Uh-huh. And then not only that, I was invited to a middle school to speak to teenagers okay. who love the book. Right. You know? So it was four kids from 8 to 10, but we have 16, 17 year olds who love the book, you know? You know, anyone can purchase the book. Anyone can learn from the book and take something away from it. All of that can be found at the website, www.zainofthebrave.com. So they can purchase the book on that website as well? They can purchase it on that website as well. And then that's for the hardcover. If you want to get a hardcover book, you can get that from the official Zane of the Brave website. If you would like a paperback cover, because some people, you know, well, you know, with the hardcover, I'm telling you, you can get that autograph. So most people will get that. But then some people are like, my child is just going to try to tear that book up. (laughs) I know, right? Let me just get a paperback. And so with a paperback, you can get that at Amazon.com. If folks want to reach out to you, how would they do it? If they want to reach out and give you a shout out, how would they go about doing that? Please follow us on social media. Our official pages are all at Zane of the Brave. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then if you want to send an email, you can send the email. Because I do offer visits. I go to schools and speak. I go to churches and youth organizations. And you can send those requests to Info at ZainaTheBrave.com. Well, this was exciting, and I'm so glad that you came to our show to talk with us about anti-bullying, but actually also to talk about your book, Zaina the Brave. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you. Okay, Dee, this is our show. So what tips do you have for us today? Well, it was a really great conversation with Latasha and a couple of take-home messages. You know, you asked her some of the steps that should be taken, a couple of comments that she made. So if you're a child, just basically turning around and saying stop to that person that's bullying you may stop the whole thing. Just say stop, leave me alone, or and, you know, walk away or whatever. The second thing she said was to try to surround yourself with other kids. Yes. You know, be in a group that may help ward off some of the bullying. The mm-hmm. third and last thing, though, was to find some adult authority, mm-hmm. whether it be a teacher or a parent or a counselor or somebody that you can share that information with that that you are being bullied. And I mean, you know, just this thing that those statistics that you were talking about, how kids reported that they were bullied and how 
few staff members reported bullying. Obviously, they're, they're not being told. They're not being told. So the kids need to tell yes. that they're being bullied to some of these adult authorities in these school systems or wherever. So, yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, and she said her book has taken off and it's helped a lot of people. But bullying is a major thing today. And like we said, social media has enhanced the ability for people to do more Thumb thugs. They're thumb, thumb thugs. thugs. That's what they are. Thumb, thumb thugs. thugs. So hiding behind these social media things. And sadly, mm-hmm. it's sad that tragedies have to make people change. But the suicide rate in these young kids is I astounding. Know. I know. So something needed to be done. So it's becoming almost or has become a public health crisis. Yes. And they're doing the laws and policies, yeah. right? Yeah. To try to stop. And, and they should. Try to stop this they bullying. Should. And as always, for more information, go to our website, www.vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>